Hello and welcome to the Brave Marketing Podcast with your host Swapna Thomas. This is the podcast for the renegades, the trailblazing leaders and the change makers who don't just have a business, it's your calling. Those of you who want to make a difference and make money but all on your own terms. I'm on a mission to show as many life coaches as possible how you can have more income, more impact and infinitely more fun by being unapologetically and bravely you and breaking all the rules. I have created five figure months with no paid ads, a tiny list and zero complicated sales funnels. Simplifying marketing and teaching you how to use it for good in the world is my zone of genius. With this podcast, I'm here to share weekly episodes on the soul and the strategy of marketing, mindset, money and everything online business. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Brave Marketing Podcast. And today I have a very special guest. I feel like I say that about every guest, but she's really special because honestly, I never knew someone like her existed. And I feel like the past me would have been so nourished and really supported by someone like her. And I think every woman needs her in her life. So I'm so excited to welcome Amanda Kingsley. She is a certified feminist life coach and doula. She is the host of the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast and the author of What I Wish, 100 Love Notes to Help You Survive, Come Alive and Thrive After Abortion. After her own unanticipated abortion as a mother of three, she recognized the need for a wider conversation around the complex emotional landscape of life after abortion. She reminds her audience that it is okay to feel all the feelings after abortion and that we can honor our decisions by living the life we made our choices for. So welcome, Amanda. I am so excited to you. I just told you that I have literally not slept the whole night because <laughs> I was so excited for our conversation. I'm really excited to welcome you in this podcast. I'm just going to dive right in because I have so many things I want to talk to you about. So one of the things that we ask all of our guests is what is the bravest thing that you have done? And your reply was choosing abortion, even when it was crazy sad. And that really struck a chord with me. And I want to begin here because when you have been through a huge transformation and all the ups and downs of it and being finally on the other end of it which I don't even know if there is an other end of it with something like abortion right I think it makes you truly empathetic in a way nothing else can and which is for me because this is a marketing podcast and this is a business related podcast I believe this is what truly makes someone a great coach when they are able to tap into that empathy and speak to their clients. So I want to start with your personal journey with abortion and how it birthed this, what I feel like is an incredible movement around the world. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I needed me too. I'm in my 40s and I needed me many times in my life. So I totally... I really, really kind of melted a little at your intros. Very sweet. My journey here, and I love that you have me here on this business and marketing podcast because 
our human experiences are like the most important thing that make us business people, right? That make us who we are and that help us connect with our clients. My abortion was very unanticipated in my life. I married my high school sweetheart. So we've been together for 20 something years. We'd had a lot of really intimate life with no unplanned pregnancies until we were in our late 30s. So I truly believe that this, I was just editing an episode of my own podcast um, where I said this, and I've said it many, many times, but I, I truly believe this was my experience with my body and my pregnancies and our family so that I could do this work. I think that I have a belief that that little soul said, I sign you up for the job. (laughs) You can do this. (laughs) Follow the calling. And I never would have anticipated as I was looking down at an unplanned pregnancy test or as I was moving through the whole experience that it would have turned into a business. Like that took time to figure out, but not too much time, honestly. I just really think things happen for a reason. And I could not just, I forget how, what words you use to describe it, but I could not, I think you were talking about empathy. Like I could not have supported people through this experience personally without having gone through it. Like I needed to be in the shoes. And of course, all of our shoes are different. No two people who have abortions have the same abortions, but I really needed to be in the experience to be able to support people through it. So yeah, it kind of just happened. (laughs) It happened and became a thing that I kept listening to and following until it turned into a business. And so here we are. (laughs) I don't even know if I answered your question, but there's my uh, intro. (laughs) There's my start. No, but I think that's exactly what we needed to hear. And I was uh, reading one of your posts on your Instagram account, by the way, the links for all of those will be in the show notes. And you talked about how you deeply know what it feels like to crave a pregnancy after abortion and what it feels like to let, you know, make this decision around something you have so many feelings about. And I, I felt so heard and seen and finally like someone could articulate my thoughts to me about abortion and I went through the comments and I saw saw so many other women write the same thing and I think that comes only from this deeply personal experience you cannot read about this and you know start talking like this you have to feel each and every emotion and I think that's what makes you not just a great coach but also being able to use that language in your marketing responsibly because you have held those feelings you have held space for yourself and of course now you have held space for so many of your clients we are at a point where there is so much conversation happening around women's rights there is a whole new way of wave of feminists um, my daughter is one she's 13 and i'm sure you know many young girls who have such strong opinions about women's rights but at the same time we are also seeing this almost re- this resurgence of where women are being told what to do with their bodies and to go back to the traditional wife roles, like there's a whole trad wife movement. And abortion at this point is illegal in many of 
US states, right? And there is, of course, like fights being fought and won for legalization of abortion in many, many countries. So, of course, the work that you do is even more important considering everything that's going on. But from a marketing point of view, what does it take for you to become audaciously visible, especially when there can be so much of trolling and pushback on mess- this kind of messaging? So what? how do you hold space for yourself and your visibility and your leadership in an environment like that? I don't think talking about abortion was ever easy, but right now it feels like, you know, even more triggering or maybe you you have to have so much more courage to speak about it. I am grateful. My own abortion was almost six years ago. So that that's sort of when this journey started. It took me about, about a year to start thinking that it could be something I could help other people through. I'm really grateful that I had some time behind me before abortion became such a it's always been a very volatile topic in all countries, really, um, most anyway. But before it became really um, politicized in the way it has, even just in the last six months, the last year, I had already overcome those barriers of what feels worse, standing up and stepping out and having people who disagree with me share their feelings or not, you know, and then feeling my reaction to that, right? Like if I share my truth as marketing, right? If I share the truth about my experience in my business and someone has a reaction, then I have a feeling. I have a counter reaction, right? I feel embarrassed. I feel shame. I feel anger. Like that was a big one. Um, I feel fear. Sometimes I feel fear. So I moved through a lot of that before things got as heated as they've become recently. And I just had to ask myself, like, does it feel worse to not say anything at all and feel the feelings of like knowing you can help and you're not helping, knowing someone needs to hear it and you're not saying it, knowing that you have a just a subtle perspective shift that can help someone move on with their life? Like, does it feel worse knowing you can say something and you're not or saying it and getting the pushback? I had a reel recently that it did not go viral, but it got a lot more traction than other reels have. You know, most of my reels hit like three, we'll just say average 3000 views. And this one like shot up to 12 within a day. And so there were a lot of trolls. This was just recently. And honestly, when I see those now, I still ask myself the same question. And I come back to the place of like, this is just more reason to do the work. All the pushback, all the people who disagree, they are really just fuel Because they show me like behind every one of those are 10,000 people who need to hear, who need someone, some other kind of voice in their life. So it, I guess I'm like kind of talking slowly and thinking about it because it's just been a journey. Like it's been a journey. It was terrifying at first, like absolutely terrifying. But every time I shared, and I knew I was helping someone, 
that feeling just is so much more powerful than the fear of staying small, not saying anything at all. I'd rather be a person who helps and gets hurt than a person who doesn't help at all. Oh, I love that. Yes. And I always say that your message is like a medicine and those who need it, they need you to show up and stand up for it. And like you said, like these trolls, they have families too. And there might be young girls or women in their families whose voices are being drowned because if they are this loud on the internet, they're definitely, you know, making their noise in their families. So you are standing up for all of those women. And of course it's hard work. And if it was easy, everyone would do it. Right. But like you said, your, your own journey and your own transformation and everything that you went through prepared you probably in some ways to hold space for all of these feelings and being able to work through them and still keep going and knowing that it's what eventually at the end of the day, what matters is, am I able to help one person? Even if just one more person gets the help that they need, all of this is worth it. And we're, can I just say like we're coaches, right? So if we are, I use the word should, you know, with some hesitation, but not much, (laughs) we should be able to use the tools that we teach ourselves. And so for me to show up and let shame or anger or fear overpower my desire to help is kind of the very proof that I'm not using the tools that I teach because that's what my clients are feeling, shame and fear and embarrassment, all of it, right? So as coaches, we're perfectly primed to show up and market if we're willing to use the tools that we teach. And that is true embodiment as well, right? When you're when you're using the tools that you're teaching your clients, and if you can show them how you do the work, even if it's on a completely different topic, like if, it, if it's on marketing, but it's the same feelings, the shame, the guilt, the fear, all of those are real human emotions, right? And if you need to show them how you work through them, it gives them the confidence that they need that I'm also able to work through this. So I work with a lot with coaches who have a personal mission because just like you, that they've had a transformational story and that has become their career now. But because it's so personal, right? The story is so personal, the journey is so personal. I think sometimes selling that service and charging aligned prices, marketing it, that can bring up a lot of emotions. So how do you work through that? Because everything can feel very personal, right? Like the rejection, the no's. How do you personally work through that? Um, It's personal and it's also anyone who's found their way to their coaching or to their business through a personal story. It's usually not just ours too, right? Like it's our family story. So that's, we have to work through that too. Like, what does it mean for my family that I show up to this work? What does it mean that my teenage kids have a mother who talks about abortion all day, every day? Like, yeah, we... We have to to get the message out there and to do what we want to do. We have to show up and and work through that. So because this is so personal, the journey is so personal, how do you work through the idea of selling and, you know, charging what you want to charge when there can be 
mixed feelings around it, right? You Because also this feels like it, this should help everyone. So how do you work through that? Yeah, I mean, I think the answer is detaching outcomes from my worth, right? It's like when someone rejects the fact that I do this work, they're not rejecting me. They have their own story around the work and their own worthiness issues. I have been actively coaching for a few years now. So I, what I'm trying to do is remember back to the beginning when it felt much more attached, when it felt like a rejection was personal. I think what I like to remember now that I couldn't see then was that it's all just problem solving. It's not like, it's not about me. It's just figuring out how to put the pieces together. I almost shared a thought I had in the group that we were in together recently. It was coming from, I was working with a client and we were talking about, you know how Marie Forleo always says, I think it's her that says everything's figure outable. So we were talking about something else being figure outable. And I think it was after I got off the call, I went, wait a second, I'm figure outable. Like we are figure outable. (laughs) And so detaching like my personal experience from my business outcomes or my marketing outcomes or my income outcomes and just remembering that it's all figure outable. It's not, it's not a personal reflection, but I don't really have a good answer either because it's just a journey. It it is hard at first. It is hard to separate. And I just always remembered the value of getting through the hard is so much bigger than not trying. So it's like, just keep showing up and figuring it out. I don't think there's a way to like detach the personal from the business until you're in it. Like there's, there's no like thing to figure out so that you won't you won't feel hurt. You won't feel sad. You won't feel dismissed. You won't feel rejected. It's more just like you will, (laughs) you will, that will happen and you're going to be okay. It's figure outable. It's all figure. And I think that's the perfect answer because like you said, of course you cannot detach the personal out of it completely, but I think you find your way of holding all of it, right? Like it being personal, but at the same time, it being universal and it's this is something that I'm doing as a service in the world. I'm allowed to charge for it and I have feelings about it, like holding all of that and just, like you said, one step at a time, figure it out, figure it out and figure it out. But I think that's exactly what anyone who's just doing this kind of a work with their own journey and transformation needs to hear right now. So your clients are not specifically looking for an abortion coach right they because they might not even know what they're feeling and dealing with is a result of the abortion they had maybe 10 years ago 15 years ago right and all of that stuff that comes up with it sometimes it can be dismissed as not dismissed but it can be a part of depression as well but this is this is not something that they google into like an abortion coach right so and this is common for many niches where the problems and the results might not be very tangible right so how do you speak to your people so that they know that you have the solution to the problem that they have and sometimes they don't even know that they have i mean i think the biggest way i speak to 
to my community is to acknowledge their hurt. So to remember what it feels like. Even tonight, I was writing a post and I I really, it's almost like an outer body experience. Like I tap out of this current me and back to the me that felt the feelings. So I remember their hurt. I sort of channel my own experience of that and anything else that comes through. And then I show them hope, right? So we tap into the hurt and that just helps them feel like she understands. She knows what it, and I think you said something earlier toward the beginning that I hear a lot is I couldn't have put words to what I was feeling. And you, you just did that. And that's because I remember back to, to what that hurt felt like. And then I show them that there's hope that it doesn't have to be that way forever. That this is how I overcame it, or this is what I see is possible, or this is, or give them a direct tool to use. But it's a balance of like really tapping into what is the experience they're having? And then what do I have to offer that might shift that experience in the direction that they want to go? Yeah. And I teach a concept called the aha bridge of transformation. And it's exactly how you're sort of like practically demonstrating that because I feel like we go through this bridge of transformation, right? And every point in our journey, we have these aha moments and we have these breakthroughs and insights, but sometimes you have to walk back that bridge because you had this aha moment at maybe at the beginning of your journey or at the middle of your journey and your client are at different points in that on that bridge, right? So you have to, and you're at the other end. So sometimes you need to go back and revisit that bridge and that journey and the milestones and share all of that stuff uh, with your personal story, with um, how the feelings and, you know, tapping into that empathy and thinking about what were, what were you feeling then? What were you hearing around you? What were you seeing? And bringing all of that in your content. This is really like you're hitting every point. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So much of this conversation we're having is directly related to the podcast episode I was just editing. One thing you said earlier that you just reminded me of again is that a lot of people who find me don't know that they're still struggling, like linked to their abortions. And the way she worded it was... I I did everything to an extreme. Like I became an extreme marathoner. I became an extreme business person. I became an extreme because I was searching for relief. And I didn't know that the reason I was craving that relief so much was connected to the abortion. And I think that was, it was around that point in the conversation where I asked her, do you remember when things shifted for you? Was it an aha moment? Or was it um, a journey? And I loved her answer because she said both. It's like you have the aha moment and then you still have to, I don't totally know your concept about the aha bridge, but it, it speaks to that. Like you have the moment, but the moment is not enough. Like the moment is just like this breath of fresh air where you realize something else is possible. And then you have to keep going. Like you have to keep leaning into and kind of sealing that aha moment in. Yeah, because it's it's not just one aha moment, right? Like you keep having, oh, so now this is 
you know, connected to that as well. And, oh, now I know this about myself. So there are, there can be countless number of aha moments. And I think that's the human journey we all are on, right? So something I absolutely love about the way you market is how you take such a heavy topic like abortion and just bring so much of light and playful energy around it in, in your marketing. Especially some of your reels are really funny. But there's also this... I think you do it on a Monday, right? A carousal where you curate some of the funniest memes I have seen. And you also have some graphics and then the kind of posts that we talked about, like emotion-based posts. So there's like a very beautiful balance that I see in your marketing. But what has been your evolution in your marketing? Did you always start like this? Or as I suspect, did you find your way to a very you way of marketing? Because I think that's who you are. Like you're part funny, you have deep emotions, like all of you is what reflects in your marketing. Yeah, I love this question. At the beginning, I definitely remember feeling like it had to be very serious. Like we're talking about grief and we're talking about shame. We're talking about guilt. Sometimes we're talking about regret. Like we have to be very serious. I can't even say it serious anymore because it's not how I approach my business. (laughs) (laughs) But I do remember feeling like I don't want someone to think I'm not taking this seriously. I don't want someone to think I'm disrespectful. I don't want someone to... It was all about just my insecurities around what other people would think, but it didn't make much sense because it wasn't how I healed my own experience, right? Like I had a lot of grief after my abortion and the way I healed it was being human, which was all of me, right? It was like experiencing and loving my children. It was like choking. It was crying. It was all of it. So I think as a new business person, I thought that to be respected, I needed to be very serious about this. (laughs) That just didn't make, it was very incongruent, right? Because it's not how I actually healed being serious about it. I healed by going, I'm a whole and complete human. And I think the abortion conversation, like the social, political, media-driven conversation about abortion really plays into the extremes. And so it takes all the humanity out of this very human experience. It portrays us as certain kinds of people versus just people who make choices. So the relief my audience finds is like, oh, I just heal by being human. And I have to remind my clients of that a lot. They'll come into my program and like want to be all serious and just talk about abortion the whole time. And I don't want to waste any time not talking about abortion. Like, whoa, hold up. Like, can we talk about what brings you joy? Like what brings you, and and we do it all, but if we're not laughing and crying and taking deep breaths, and then we're not in the human experience. We're just trying to isolate out this one thing that happened and fix it as if it's an easy button and going to make everything better. We just have to be all of who we are in our marketing, <laughs> in our businesses, in our coaching, so I like two things are coming to me right now. First is that I think you talking about abortion and all of 
the things that come with it in this way it normalizes your clients to feel like humans to have all of those feelings like they if they want to laugh they can laugh if they want to cry they can cry if they just want to just check out for a day like that's also okay like you i think your marketing will help them see that this is the kind of coach that i want to work with because she'll hold all of my humanity and it's not just about you know constantly grieving but i think part, the way you heal your grief is also through allowing all of the other emotions to come through as well and the second thing that i think every every spiritual or life coach who deals with something like a you know a heavy topic like this needs to know that this is not a sprint it's a marathon you're in this for a long run and if you're just keeping it so heavy and so serious all the time you're not going to want to wake up and do this one more day so just remember that and you know bring and maybe it's not joking or funny reels might not be your style but what how can you bring a little bit of playful energy a little bit of light energy in your marketing is what i want everyone to start thinking about and maybe you do that by going and looking at all of amanda's instagram content because it's a good <laughs> example of that. i thought of something else cuz you mentioned the carousel every monday i do like a carousel of all the funny memes i've seen in the week and they have nothing almost never have anything to do with abortion I don't know if I realized this or if I realized it because you brought it up, but I think so many of us who are in any kind of um, healing business like coaching, we don't count on networking. Like it's not like most of us don't run a business completely based on networking, but bringing your humanity to your marketing is such a great tool for networking because just that carousel alone has has attracted so many people to me and then all they see is like oh she's a after abortion coach like what that exists <laughs> so it's a great way like i didn't like consciously put this together until now but infusing your marketing with things that are outside of just the like all the constant same stuff over and over again is a great way to network because so many like i think even just in starting those um more and more people will send me random messages right they'll send me articles about abortion or they'll send me funny something about abortion or ask me questions about abortion just because i've shown up as a human and attracted more people more people know what i do just like because i can't help it but if, when i look at all of these things i can't help but put like a marketing lens to it i also think like if you keep talking about the same thing in the same way all the time you start speaking to an echo chamber right you create your own echo chamber but i think stuff like this just cuts through that noise and it reaches to new audiences because what we constantly want to do is to grow our audience and sometimes it might be stuff like this which is nothing to do with your topic which actually reaches new audiences and brings them back and like you said they might have a little bit of dissonance and like wh- who what what is this who is she but i think that is also like a um great way for them to be curious about what do you do because like you said yours is a very very specific niche right so i love all of it um so there are two questions i ask everyone at the almost at the end 
of the conversation. So first is, what's your favorite way to ground yourself? Because you, of course, work with a lot of heavy emotions, right? You hold space for so much of grief and hurt. So how do you process all of that and ground yourself? A lot of ways. Journaling is definitely very helpful for me. Being outside in nature is helpful for me. Reconnecting to my family is very helpful for me. But I think the thing that it's like doesn't really make sense as an answer, but the thing that keeps me most grounded is connecting spiritually and just remembering I'm not alone and that I always have, and I don't have a particular spiritual belief. I'm not, I don't have a particular religion I follow, but I'm a very spiritual person. And that actually does really ground me is to just like slow down and connect and remember I'm not alone. And if I listen, there are always answers being given to me. That keeps me really grounded actually, is to always remember that I'm connected to spirit and just be curious and pay attention and listen. Grounded. What Did you ask the second question? And I'm forgetting to answer. No, the second question is, what's a book on your shelf right now? A book or books, because sometimes people like to have books going on. And it can be anything, fiction, nonfiction. I just love knowing what books. I spent a good chunk of today. I like to listen to books while I do things around my house. And even though I'm not I don't follow a particular religion. I do decorate for and love Christmas. So um, I spent my day decorating my house and listening to Mary Magdalene Revealed. So for anyone who does have a Christian um, upbringing, could be super eye-opening. I just find I just find it like amazing and fascinating. That's been a, a big favorite lately. I have a little bit of a book problem. <laughs> <laughs> I buy books all the time um, and I don't finish most of them because I start them, decide it's the most amazing book ever, and then decide that I've gotten everything I need from the first two chapters and keep going. <laughs> On to the next one. But one of the first books that ever changed, like ever really spoke to me was Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth. That was a huge one for me in just really thinking about the world in new and different ways. So I am very much a book person, but I won't keep going on all the, all the books I have going right now. <laughs> <laughs> So I've loved every bit of this conversation and, and I'm absolutely sure that all the listeners are taking notes and uh, they've also loved this conversation. So before we go, Amanda, what's going on in your world right now? What are you most looking forward to in the coming few months? You know, I people can keep an eye out. I don't know when you're releasing this, but I am one of those people who really likes thinking about the new year before, you know, before the calendar year. It's just a date. It's like kind of arbitrary and ridiculous. But I recently was putting together some content for like visioning the new year and I got so excited. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to sharing more about how I'm going to approach stepping into the new year and what I want it to look like. And it always is sort of this kind of pulling together of everything I learned from the previous year. Um, not just the previous year, but up to this point, kind of pulling it together and puzzling it together. 
to serve me in the coming year. So I'm excited about that. You know, one of the things I'm most excited about lately is just knowing that I'm on the right track and I just keep going and it doesn't have to be something new and exciting all the time. I'm still just really into marketing my one-to-one program. I go in and out on hosting retreats and whether or not that will be a, a big part of my moving forward, but I just love my routine, my one-on-one clients and my podcast. I'm always writing to contribute to the next book, but yeah, I'm most excited that I like what I'm doing. (laughs) There's my answer. (laughs) I love it. And what's your favorite way to connect with people? Is that Instagram? I do. I've tried branching away from Instagram for various reasons and none of them have proven worthy. I love Instagram. I just love it. Awesome. So we have all of those links in the show notes. So definitely go and check out Amanda's Instagram account, her podcast, and all the amazing offers that she has. Uh, Thank you so much, Amanda, for speaking to me and being on the Brave Marketing Podcast. I loved every bit of our conversation today. Thank you so, so, so much. I feel like this was a gift. That's the episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I am thrilled to have you as part of the Brave Marketing community. Because this podcast is still brand new, it would mean so much to me if you could leave a five-star review as that will make it easy for other brave hearts to find this podcast and grow our community of rule breakers. Until next time, have a brave week ahead.